ice melting. Just like at Morrow's, everybody at the crowbar knew and adored Sarah. After about 500 awkward greetings, we made our way toward the back and settled into a nice booth. Two pitchers, one cover band, and several hundred Harper stories later, we were feeling pretty loose. I soaked up every story like you'd expect a new dad might. I was so happy it was impossible not to cry. It was very emotional for both of us. I had missed so much. I wanted to know it all, and I could tell Sarah enjoyed sharing it with me as much as I loved hearing it. I could see the guilt she felt weave in and out of her expressions as she told me one funny story after another, most of them charming, some in alarming candor. She elaborated on Larry's reference to Harper having the colic, where apparently she cried nonstop for months. Sarah told me in what I gathered to be complete honesty that had I called during the colic, she would have offered me full custody. Apparently, Harper was and has been the unofficial mayor of Saugatok since she said her first word, hi. She had little chubby legs, dimples to die for, and a smile that would light up the room and make even the coldest tourist laugh. On walks, Harper felt compelled to say hi to literally everyone she passed, which is saying something during tourist season in Saugatok. You said your ex loved you for your money. Do you have money again, big shot? A little bit. Not big money, but I earned all of it myself, so it means more to me. I thought you didn't care about money. I don't care about other people's money. I have my own money. I know. Larry told me. How come you never told me you came from money? I don't. My dad has a decent net worth, but he doesn't have much money, and he certainly never gives me any. It's all tied up in real estate around town. The only thing he's sold in the last 30 years was a hardware store, and I paid full market price. Too much, really. He didn't cut you a break? Nope, she said. He still makes fun of me for paying too much every time something breaks. Rough. I remember Pat giving me grief about our toilets. Every time you came to visit us, I remember. I was horrified. I can't be selling three flush toilets, young man. He couldn't let it go. She did a pretty good imitation. So, I'm curious. How do you make your money? You couldn't possibly be making any money at that hardware store. The hardware store breaks even, but I do pretty well selling woodworking machinery over the internet. Get out. I have a wood shop in my garage in Atlanta. Do you mean table saws and lathes and such? I had noticed how big the building was and how small the hardware store was. Good Lord, I was so in love with her, it hurt. You are a woodworker now? She seemed impressed. I dabble in finished carpentry. I redid all the interior trim in my house. We sell Delta, Chet, and Powermatic table saws. You sell Powermatic? Could you get better looking? She laughed and was about to say something when we were interrupted. Hi, Sarah. A very handsome 20-something-year-old blonde kid, cute as a puppy dog, was smiling ear to ear at Sarah. What in the hell? Who is this clown? I was instantly jealous. Hello, Michael. You guys sound great. How's life at the nursery? Too good. It'd be nice if we'd slow down a bit. Business has been incredible this season. You should come out more. I'd love to see you out there while I'm playing. Sarah, 
like most girls, had always had a soft spot for musicians. I know this from experience, because when we met, I'd been trying to get her attention for weeks. It wasn't until she saw me sit in with a house band at one of our social functions that I was able to get her attention. What did he mean, I'd love to see you out there while I'm playing? Motherfucker, am I invisible? Can't he see I fathered a child with this woman? Then I realized he wasn't just a beautiful musician with long blonde hair and an obvious interest in Sarah. He was the singer of the band with an obvious interest in Sarah. My jealousy peaked, but then I caught myself. I was older, probably wiser, self-made, and more world experience. I didn't need to do anything or say anything stupid just because I might be a little bit jealous. I play the drums, I said knowing full well I hadn't played anything but the air drums since that social function in college. Michael, this is a friend of mine from college, Parker. Nice to meet you, sir. Michael extended his hand and squeezed the shit out of mine. Was he posturing? It really wasn't necessary. Both of us could see that he could crush me as fast as the fight started. Was he making sure I knew that? Why did he have to go and call me sir? What a dick. Nice to meet you, Mike. It's Michael, not Mike. I prefer Michael, he said with a fake smile. Seriously? Okay, I said, happy to get away from the drum talk. Parker's so good at the drums. Do you still play? She asked me, her eyes shining full of hope and admiration. But I knew I should tell the truth, even though it might let her down. Every chance I get. I lied through my teeth. You do? She was excited. Well, I looked over at nursery guy smirking. He could see through my bullshit. Yeah, of course, I said with zero confidence. Why don't you sit in with us for a song? Nursery guy was taunting me. Come on, let's do it. What song do you want to play, Porter? Parker, Sarah and I corrected him in unison, with her laughing and me returning his smirk. Motherfucker. Sarah turned to me as if she'd just given me the greatest Christmas gift a guy could ever ask for. I could already see him dropping the I can't believe you dated that guy line the next time they ran into each other. But then I remembered that probably would never happen and I figured, you know what? Fuck it. Do you know that song that goes I've got soul but I'm not a soldier by the killers? With a laugh more dismissive than the last, he said, yeah. It's called All These Things That I've Done. We play it. Come on, little guy. Let's see what you've got. I looked at Sarah, and she looked at me. She hadn't really stopped smiling since after the first pitcher of beer, and she mouthed, little guy, to me and laughed. I laughed, too, relieved to know she was on my team. It was silly to think this guy was even a threat. Fuck it, Mike. I'm in. Nursery guy announced me sitting in on the drums just to make sure the entire crowd knew I was about to make a fool of myself. He looked back at me and said in a doomsday tone, This is why you don't say, I play the drums to the lead singer in a rock and roll band. It didn't matter. I fucking rocked it. And when I say I fucking rocked it, it's only because I completely fucking rocked the shit out of it. Granted, 
I picked a song that was pretty easy to play, a song I'd played 3,000 times on the air drums in the shower in my car, but I fucking rocked it. Sarah was there in the front row watching me the whole time, smiling ear to ear. I couldn't believe how tight I played. It felt so good. I didn't worry about anything. It was perfect. Nursery guy tore his shirt off during the song, exposing his buff upper body, which, judging from the expressions of his bandmates, might have been a new move for him. When the song was over, I stood up and screamed, I play the drums, motherfuckers! And the whole place went nuts, screaming back. When Sarah and I got back to our table, the waitress brought another pitcher of beer and said it was from the owner in lieu of compensation for playing with the band. I forgot you played the drums. I was so impressed. She started tearing up. I had no idea what happened. We were just having so much fun. I didn't know what to do. Sarah... What about giving yourself a break? I'm so confused. I feel like I need to be honest with you. I think about you all the time, too. I can't ever get away from you. I see you in Harper every single day, and it hurts. I've been holding this secret inside for so long. I could live with the guilt when I believed I was mad at you, but I didn't know I couldn't stay mad at you. Ultimately, I realized I was just making it easier on myself. I'm the one who was wrong and selfish, Parker. She took my hands in hers. I'm so sorry. I robbed you of 14 years of fatherhood. I didn't know what to say. I thought we had already talked about all this, but the alcohol seemed to loosen her up a bit. I would check up on you all the time, she continued. When I saw you got married, I was so jealous. The thought of you having children with another woman made me sick to my stomach. Sarah, if it helps to apologize, you can. But in my mind, you don't have to waste another minute of your time with this guilt. It's not necessary. I'm here now. Life is short. Let's make the most of the time we've got. There aren't any more secrets, are there? I asked. She laughed. No, I think Harper is, or I guess was, my only secret. I full wiped the sweat from my brow. Okay, that's good. She was steeped in wonderful memories, guilt, forgiveness, and alcohol, smiling at me, looking into my eyes without looking away or saying anything. I loved her and felt like she loved me back. What? I was dying to know what she was thinking about. I'd always hoped to find you'd written and published our story or something. Are you disappointed? No. I just thought you were a great writer. That's it. There's a Jack Johnson song called Dreams Be Dreams. The chorus makes me think of you every time I hear it. How does it go? I'm sure I've heard it. I love Jack Johnson. It's the one that starts with the cymbals and then the acoustic guitar. You've just described half his catalog. The chorus goes, Don't let your dreams be dreams, except he sings the dreams parts. She sung it for me, and I recognized it. The song is about not giving up, I think, The chorus is, anyway, and that's the part that makes me think of you. When you lost your money, I'd hoped you wouldn't give up writing. I never started. I was faking the writing thing so I could look cool while I lived a life of leisure. Never started says who? What about all the stuff you wrote for me? I loved it. I looked forward to your letters over the summer. The little notes you'd leave me were so clever and funny. Are you really writing the bear right now? I am writing the bear. I'll say, though, I'm halfway through it, and I'm not sure it's going to be a short story. With little Sammy, you really are? 
Her eyes were smiling at the thought. It was nice to see she was excited. I can't remember the specifics. Well, the story has grown a bit, I guess. It's about Sammy finding confidence within himself and his relationship with his family. It's about a lot of things, really. My turn to be honest with you. I had no idea I'd enjoy writing so much. Can I read it? Absolutely, but I'm just letting you know now I hijacked it with some fart jokes. You know I can't help myself. She looked disappointed. Parker, what's with the farts? People don't want to read about farts. Do you remember Gramps? There was no way she didn't. It's part of my life. Just wait until you read it first. It's easy to get through. It's worth it, I promise. I wondered if the world would end before Sarah would get to read it. Let me proofread what I've done so far, and then you can read it while I finish the rest. I'll proof it. No, I'd be embarrassed. I'm sure it's messed up all over. I don't care. You have to let someone read it. That's the first big step, showing it to somebody and opening yourself up to criticism. Are you going to criticize it? Ha ha, you know what I mean. See, you're a funny guy. I'm sure it'll be great. Let me know when I can read it. I'm dying to get my hands on it. I will. I sure wish you'd come sit with me like we used to at Sergeant Preston's. Ah, the good old days, she said, as she came over to my side of the table. She was noticeably drunk and ignoring her I'm married shtick. How's your family? She was sitting quite close to me. It was very exciting. As crazy as ever, my gramps had a stroke, but he's doing much better. Mom left Dad for a spell. Dad adopted Chewy after that. Then Mom took them both back. Bo is now a divorcee with sole custody of my five-year-old nephew who speaks with a Chinese accent. Wow, that's a lot to take in. You mentioned Bo earlier. Who is Bo? Holy shit. Billy goes by Bo now. Oh, sweet Billy. I miss him too. I forgot you knew him as Billy. He has a boy, though? If you're asking if he's gay, I can't imagine he's not, but he won't tell me or talk about it, and I'm his best friend. He's like Larry without the family will disown me excuse. Our entire family already thinks he is and would be thrilled for him if he came out. Honestly, we're all just waiting for Bo. Well, I know Larry loves his close-minded parents and doesn't want to crush them, regardless of what it costs them. I think he feels trapped by his secret as much as I did. We had that in common. His father would have a stroke if Larry came out. I think that Bo is afraid of butt sex. Sarah started laughing. I'm afraid most people are. I shrugged my shoulders. I know I am. The only conversation that we've ever gotten close to discussing him being gay hovered around how gross butt sex is. So my very last remaining theory is he's afraid being gay means you have to have butt sex. Not true. Do you think all gay men have butt sex? Was this a trick question? Yes. I answered in an unsure tone, thinking blowjobs didn't count as sex and there weren't many other holes on dudes that would work. Parker, that's not a requirement. There are other ways of having fun. Wow. I never considered that. I just assumed. So not every gay couple has butt sex? 
Well, in the handbook, it says they get kicked out if they don't, so I don't know. Her answer was as ridiculous as my question. I got it. And why are we talking about this? I asked her. I have no earthly idea. She was laughing pretty hard. You're the one that brought up butt sex, not me. After we stopped laughing, she said, Chewie seems like a nice kid. He has the most beautiful legs I've ever seen. Yeah, he's great. Between me, Bo, and my mom, we've kind of raised him by committee. Mostly me, though. I taught him how to drive, you know. She was close enough that I could just ever so slyly steal a glance down her shirt and get a peek at the boobs I'd once loved, just sitting there all cute in her bra, unused for 14 years. Are you looking down my shirt? She punched me. No, I said. I wouldn't do that unless you wanted me to. She just shook her head. Hold on, I have to use a ladies' room. I watched her walk away. She looked great. I was so excited to see her and be around her, I wasn't thinking about dying nearly as much. I hadn't slept in God knows how long, pounding energy drinks and popping caffeine pills to stay awake, trying to make the most of my last hours on Earth. Ever since Dusty filled me in, a vision of the Earth splitting in two had been playing like a tape loop in the background of my mind. Now I was feeling like I might be able to ignore it for a little bit because all I wanted to do was get to know the daughter I never knew I had and, of course, have as much bunny rabbit sex as I could with the love of my life. As I watched Sarah Campbell walk through the bar towards our booth, love gushed over the rim of my cup. When she saw me staring, she smiled back, possibly a little embarrassed, but still smiling. She was beautiful. Where were we? I asked. Chewie's your little brother? Explain that to me again. How does that work? Dad adopted him. How did your father adopt Chewie? Illegally, with love and fake documents. What? Well, Mom had finally had enough of Dad's antics and kicked him out. Well, you know Dad. He'd hooked up with this lady in our neighborhood who'd already adopted Chewie on a beach in Mexico and when they broke up, she left Chewie and Dad, and we never saw her again. That's crazy. But your mom took Lucas back. And Chewie. Bo hired a high-priced adoption attorney who fabricated some papers, and now Chewie is a full-blown illegal duke. She loves Chewie more than Dad. And now he's your driver? Only when I'm riding. He's lucky to have you in his life. She inched closer to me. I always thought a guy being a writer was so sexy, so intellectual. There was a slight slur to her words that I hadn't heard in the longest time. She was drunk and focusing back on my writing. When we dated over the summer, I always looked forward to your letters. Every day I'd run to the mailbox, and if there wasn't one, I'd be so sad. They were so funny, and you have such a way with words. I'm sure you'll be a great real estater, but... I just think you were put on this earth to be an intellectual, sexy writer. I would have gushed at her compliment, but halfway through my discipline lapsed and I was again looking down her shirt, except she'd taken her bra off in the bathroom and I was staring at a full-on boob, the whole business. Are you looking down my shirt, you dirty boy? She smiled and put her hand on my thigh. I took a hundred-dollar bill out of my wallet and put it down on the table. It was time to go. 
Walking home, she took my hand and we cut through an alley and began kissing like the drunken college idiots we no longer were. We made love against an old garage, standing up. Three pumps, a quiver, and an apology later, our renewed love was consummated. That was nice, she said, still curled into me. I couldn't help but be self-conscious. Um, for me more than you, I'm afraid, we'll just have to practice. Yes, we have a lot of time to make up for. And you have some pruning to do. This isn't my house. I looked at her and then downstairs. She laughed as she finally got my joke. You know your girl is cool if she can laugh about her own overgrown bush. As we say in real estate, the grass will grow tall if nobody's using the playground. Parker, she punched me in the arm, and at that point I felt like we would be together for the rest of time.